You've been listening to amazing music here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Coming up next, JM Sunday with Matis Weingast here at NahumSiegel.com.
Good morning, everyone. Welcome to JM Sunday right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Matas Weingast. We are with you live, as we are every Sunday morning, right here on uh, the network. It's the 21st of October, 12th day in the month of Cheshvan, 5779. Glad you could join us outside of our studios right now. It's uh, 48 degrees going up to a high of 49 degrees and then down to 35 degrees with uh, cloudy skies in Jerusalem right now, 75 degrees going down to 59 degrees, 20% chance of rain this afternoon. Hope you all had a great Shabbos, great week. We're glad to be here with you to start off this week. And uh, we have a lot of music as always. Morning Chizuk at 7.30 Eastern Time, half an hour from now. News from Israel is scheduled for 8 o'clock. Then at 8.15, I'll be joined by the Chief Rabbi of South Africa, Rabbi Warren Goldstein. We'll talk about the Shabbat Project coming up this week around the world. He was the, uh, he's the one who, who uh, started it, invented it. So we'll talk about that and the impact it has made on so many people around the world. If uh, you get a chance and you're on Facebook, you can go to our Facebook page at JM Sunday and like that page. And uh, if you want to say hi, you can do so on the app, if you wish, or on Facebook, the NSN app. In Dafyomi, it's uh, Menachos72, Ayan Bays. And uh, we're going to start off with some A.B. Rottenberg music here on JM Sunday. Appreciate you all joining us. We are exclusive and live on the Nachum Siegel Network. Sahameyah, <laughs> 
with Asher Sharf and Sons right here on JM Sunday. Before that, we heard from uh, Ari Goldwag, Amiram Devere. Achenu, a.k.a. Pella, and A.B. Rottenberg started us off at the beginning of the show just about half an hour ago, 30 minutes ago. Time flies. We are here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Rabbi uh, Goldwasser coming up momentarily. 
We're scheduled to have our news from Israel at 8 o'clock, and at 8.15, 45 minutes from now, we'll be joined, uh, we expect to be joined by Chief Rabbi Warren Goldstein of South Africa to talk about the Shabbat project this coming week. And uh, we'll see how that goes. At this time, each and every Sunday through Thursday, we present to you Rabbi David Goldwasser. Rabbi Goldwasser's words, L'zich Nishma Zev, Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and... Esther Bas, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in Vayikra, Ubeged Kilayim Shatnes, a beged, a garment, that is composed of wool and linen. Lo yaleolecho, shall not come upon you. In Devarim, we learn a second time, Lo silbash Shatnes, a person is not allowed to wear shatnes, the forbidden mixture of tzemer upishtim yachtov, wool and linen together. Kayan brought linen. Kayan brought from the field. Hevel brought wool. Hevel brought from his flocks. It was an acceptable carbon. However, the mixture of both together caused unfortunate enmity and it ended up with hariga, with killing. These two items could not be combined together. Hashem created a perfect world in which each species performs its own individual function. Intermingling the species can weaken their powers. What about an individual that is not careful in shotness? It's interesting that the Rambam Maimonides says that there's a ruach of tuma, there's an unclean spirit that rests upon the person. The Hamagdavar says that the combination of wool and linen alters the physical behavior of the world and can have a harmful effect. The Mayam Lois writes that it creates a kitrug, an accusation against the wearer in Klal Yisroel. Shatnez is an acronym for Satan Oz, a powerful accuser. A person that is careful in Nizar, in not wearing Shatnez, helps that this accuser is distanced greatly from the world and brings great merit upon Klal Yisroel. One should know that Shatnez can be included in garments such as coats, suits, sometimes even a uniform, a tuxedo. All of our garments should be checked for shotness, except those which are very simple, those that don't have any type of lining, and there is no chashash. There isn't a suspicion that it may contain shotness. We should, because it is a suffix diorisa, it is prohibited from the Torah, and any doubt has to be checked out. To call either a representative of the Shatnas Laboratory or to ask a Rav or a Rebetzin concerning whether the garment needs to be checked or not. Very interesting. A garment that is Shatnas is Muktza on Shabbos and Yom Tov. According to some, a person that wears Shatnas outside where there is no Erev, could possibly be transgressing the Isser of Hotzah, 
the prohibition of carrying. The mitzvah of shotness is a mitzvah that a person keeps in mind throughout their life. We're always very careful in everything that we do, in what we eat, in how we go about, in our comportment, in our midos. Even in what we wear, we are also careful. In all of our ways, we wish to emulate the Boreolam, our Creator. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
Ani Mamin by uh, Baruch Abud is uh, what we just heard, and uh, we are going to get set for uh, our news from Israel coming right up. Uh, and uh, let's see, what did we play before Baruch Abud? Uh, we heard from Avram David, Avoda Shabalev, the Avoda, Avishai Rosen, and Avi David and Donnie. Our uh, song segment after morning chizuk with Rabbi Goldwasser. It is uh, 8.01 in the morning Eastern Time here on JM Sunday. Glad to uh, be with you. Appreciate your joining us this morning. Uh, coming up in a few seconds, news from Israel. And uh, following that, uh, I'll be joined by Rabbi Warren Goldstein, Chief Rabbi of South Africa, to talk about this week's Shabbat Project. It's time for our news from Israel. Hannah Julian, Middle East news analyst and senior correspondent at JewishPress.com, joins us every Sunday morning to bring us up to date on the latest happenings in the state of Israel. Good morning, Hannah Julian. Good morning, Matis. Jordan's King Abdullah has announced that he intends to cancel part of his country's peace treaty with Israel. This Sunday marks 24 years since the agreement on that treaty. And he made the official announcement both in Amman and in a statement forwarded by the Jordanian embassy to Israel's foreign ministry in Jerusalem. Specifically, he's canceling the lease of the peace island in Naharaim and the Tsofar enclave in the Arava. Israeli farmers have cultivated the land around those areas for years but now Israel is being forced to return it within a year unless there's a chance to renegotiate the appendices in the treaty. Those appendices um, were up for renegotiation, but they had to give one year's notice uh, after the 24 years. This is clearly a downgrading of the treaty, and it also came as a clear surprise to the officials in Jerusalem Um, It's not yet known whether it was a surprise to the Trump administration, so we'll wait to hear more about that. Prime Minister Netanyahu welcomed U.S. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin back to Israel on Sunday, on today, this morning in fact. It's Mnuchin's second trip in office to the Jewish state. As always, Netanyahu expressed his appreciation to the Trump administration for its strong support of Israel. He talked about the U.S.-Israel alliance and the strength of relations under President Trump in the fields of intelligence, security cooperation, in trade, economic cooperation, and in preventing aggression in the Middle East. The two men focused most of their discussions on that last point, uh, how to stop Iran's quest for a nuclear arsenal and its plans to conquer the Middle East. They're in talks probably most of the day today. And we'll hear more about that later on. President Ruvain Rivlin also welcomed guests from North America today. This was a delegation of the Jewish Federations of North America. Rivlin underlined the family relationship between the Jews of Israel and those of the diaspora, even though he said we might feel distant from each other. Rivlin emphasized that everyone's committed to ensuring a thriving Jewish tomorrow, not only for children in Israel, but also for those in North America and those around the world. 
In southern Israel, at the border with Gaza, Defense Minister Avigdor Lieberman's office says the Karim Shalom and Erez crossings have been reopened to traffic. That move following a decrease in the amount of violence along the Gaza border this weekend. Lieberman's office says the decision was made after discussing the matter with the IDF, the Shin Bet Intelligence Agency, and the IDF coordinator of government activities in the territories, that unit serving as a liaison with Arabs in the Palestinian Authority and Gaza. No decision has yet been made about whether to allow another delivery of fuel purchased by Qatar for Gaza. And today also marks the 23rd anniversary of the assassination of Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin. A number of rallies and community memorial events were held around the country to mark the day. They're still being held. IDF Chief of Staff Gadi Eisenkot also addressed the assassination in his order of the day. He noted that many of the soldiers currently on active duty were not yet born, even on the eve of the murder. Nevertheless, he said, we must not forget what happened or why. He said it left a deep cut in Israeli society and it became the turning point in the history of the state. A quick look now at the weather. Partly cloudy skies today, seasonal temperatures. It's beautiful, just beautiful outside, a perfect day. Clear to partly cloudy skies overnight. On Monday, that's tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a significant rise in the temperature. We are looking at another Sharav, another Hamsin on the way. So get your water bottles out if you are listening to this in Israel, beware of dehydration, even though we're in October. Scattered showers and thunderstorms are in the forecast for tomorrow night. Up and down and up and down, it is autumn in Israel. Have a great week, everyone. Shavua Tov. I'm Hannah Julian for JM Sunday. Thank you. That's our news from Israel. Thanks, Hannah Julian. We'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday, exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. Much appreciated. It's time to get back to the music, and uh, as I had mentioned in a uh, in a couple of minutes, about eight fifteen, we will uh, be joined hopefully by the uh, chief rabbi of South Africa, Warren Goldstein, to talk about this week's Shabbos project. We're going to hear now from uh, Benny and Gad Elbaz with Hashem Melech right here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. <music>
kids for like it's your boy they are female noise in shuvo your boy be oh no so
8.28 in the morning Eastern Time here on JM Sunday. My thanks to all of you who are listening today and joining us. We appreciate it. We heard from uh, a number of different selections. Eden, Chaim Barnett, David Gabe, Benny Friedman, and uh, we started off with uh, God Elba's uh, selection right here on the uh, on the show. Well, it is... Uh, it is time for our, our guest this morning. My guest this morning has been the chief rabbi of South Africa for 15 years. He holds a doctorate in human rights and constitutional law, is an author, and is the founder of the Shabbat Project. Rabbi Warren Goldstein, welcome back to JM Sunday. Yeah, it's great to be with you and your listeners. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, in 2013, you called on the Jewish community, people from all walks of life and observance, to keep one Shabbos together. For those who are new to the project, please give us a little background on the idea. Uh, was it meant initially just for the local African er- South African area, or did you intend it to gain worldwide attention right away? No, at the, at the beginning, as you said, five years ago in 2013, the idea was that it would be just for the South African Jewish community. I was talking to, to my community saying, let's all keep one Shabbat together and, um, and, uh, and to celebrate together even those that don't normally. And uh, it would be intentional just only for the South African Jewish community. And then uh, the response to it was so warm, um, the community embraced it, we did surveys afterwards, upwards of 80% of the community participated in the project, and um, it was something that, that went so spectacularly well that people started caring about it all over the world, and I started getting requests from different communities, and they also wanted to, a Shabbos project. And so what we did in 2014 is that we uh, put out a video just before Purim time, and, uh, and, and then invited the whole world to join us for the Shabbos project for that year. And, uh, and, and uh, the video explained what happened in South Africa and invited partners to join in from all over the world. And emails streamed in from every corner of the globe. And within a few months, we had a, a global movement that had sprung up in hundreds of cities around the world. And then since then, the point where last year, 2017, uh, there were Shabbos project activities in more than uh, 1,400 cities around the world. Um, organized by more than 8,000 organizing volunteers. Uh, we reached more than 5 million people on Facebook, uh, and it was something you know, that, that really touched so many people all around the world. But it started off in South Africa with, with the intention that it would only be local, but then you know, it had the, the tremendous energy and spread all around the world. And, and now, just six years later, as you've said, 1,400 cities, uh, nearly 100 countries participating around the world, and the Shabbos Project events attract over one million participants. It's a tremendous accomplishment. It must take an awful lot of work to bring this all together. I'm sure you have a, a crew that will start right after this coming Shabbat, which is the uh, weekend for the Shabbat Project, and, and starts right away into the next year already. Yeah, we have, we have an outstanding team uh, that works on it. But also I should mention that um, the, obviously the, the, the Shabbos project is happening this year, uh, this coming Shabbos, 26th, 27th of October, Pasha's Fayera, 
there's still an opportunity for people to get involved. Go onto our website, find an event near you, start an event, invite people over to your home, uh, undertake to keep Shabbos if you don't normally. We've got on our website, uh, sh- uh, the Shabbat Project um, uh, our website, you'll find all the materials to learn how to keep Shabbos if you've never kept Shabbos before. So all of that is um, is available. And um, but the, the, the power that's driven the Shabbos Project is it's been... Centrally, we provide you know marketing material, educational material, and support work, and everything for the project. But um, but on the ground, it's our 8,000 volunteer organisers that, that that have been tremendous, and there's been this tremendous spirit of volunteerism. It's a real people's movement, and that's actually what has driven it. The fact that people feel a real sense of connection, and people have volunteered and come forward and taken real uh, ownership of the project, and that that has been you know a very important component of its success all around the world, Baruch Hashem. Now, uh, I've seen uh, over the last number of years, and this year again, that the challah bake, which usually takes place Wednesday or Thursday night prior to the uh, Shabbat Project weekend, it's almost like it's taken on a life of its own. It's uh, sort of the kickoff event of the weekend. It's promoted all over with hundreds of people participating in each city. Uh, And and it's become such a, uh, (laughs) no pun intended, but it's like, it rises to the occasion. All right, I, I make a pun there. But uh, it, yeah. it, it, it's it's great to start with that and then getting people to carry over that excitement to the Shabbat itself um, is, is certainly something that, that energy carries from that one night of getting together with such unity uh, and, and bringing it to Shabbos. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, something to behold almost. It's It's amazing. Yes, I think you know you you said it right. These uh, the, the, these chalabakes, uh people have really the women have really embraced them. Um, but as you say, they are the gateway and the into Shabbos itself. And so uh, you know what what what's been so powerful is that these chalas, which are prepared on the third Wednesday of the Thursday night before, people eat them then on Shabbos itself. So it's bringing that spirit of Shabbos into into homes all over the Jewish world. And it's also kicking off the Shabbos project with the power of women. And women, uh, you know, our sages teach that there are, to the merits of the righteous women that we redeemed from Egypt. Women have been at the forefront of the, the crucial moments in Jewish history. And, um, and so the, the Shabbos project draws its energy from the leadership of women all around the world through these chalabakes. Right. Uh, Chief Rabbi Warren Goldstein of South Africa, founder of the Shabbos Project, is on with us. We're talking about the Shabbos Project taking place this coming weekend, the 26th, 27th of October, 2018. You can go to org. There are, uh, there are uh, places you can go all around the world to be a part of this. Uh, you can uh, get a lot of information. You can get a lot of uh, specific information on keeping Shabbos if you've never kept Shabbos before. I also see a lot of stories from people who do keep Shabbos, but they absolutely look forward to this weekend, look forward to this particular Shabbos, because it gives them a renewal. And even in a, a country like Israel, where there are so many people that keep Shabbos, and a lot of other cities around the world, so many people want this and are rejuvenated uh, because of the energy they see from all the participants. That must be an amazing accomplishment also.
did we lose the connection? We might have lost the connection. We're going to quickly go to some music and see if we can get uh, Rabbi Goldstein back on with us so we can continue this conversation right here on JM Sunday. Okay, we are on with uh, Rabbi Goldstein again. Rabbi, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, sorry we lost that uh, connection. Back with you. Sorry about that. (laughs) That's okay. uh, I was in the middle of saying that. um, Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Go ahead, please. I was just in the middle of saying that you know, for people who keep Shabbos every week, the Shabbos project has a twofold effect. One is to remind us. You know, it's the incredible gift of what Shabbos is because sometimes we're so busy and we can enjoy something and have it every single week and we can end up taking it for granted. So the Shabbos project is an opportunity to step back and appreciate it again. But it's also an opportunity to share it with as many people as possible. And, you know, this year the Parsha comes out, Parsha Sayera, which is obviously the Parsha of Machnas uh, Orchim and of inviting guests in and opening our homes. And I want to encourage as many people as possible to reach out and have guests and to share the magic of Shabbos with as many people as possible. Right, absolutely. Uh, and as I had mentioned, and, and you just uh, commented on, that there are people who will look forward to this Shabbos, even if they keep Shabbos all year long because of what you said. It is a chance to rejuvenate and, and get them excited about it again. And sometimes we take things for granted, and uh, and it is important to remember that. I, I'm sure that the uh, the stories you hear over the years uh, give you tremendous encouragement. Also, on your website, you have a number of stories. There's there's one in particular, uh, just in brief. Um, someone wrote that back in October of 2014, which is just uh, four years ago, this person was uh, unaffiliated, unobservant, secular Jewish person who was married to a non-Jewish person. And someone suggested they go to the uh, Great Arizona Chalabake, and um, uh, they went, and they had a tremendous feeling, a uh, tremendous spirit that came over them, and uh, they spent Shabbos, that Shabbos together as part of the Shabbos project. And now, four years later, uh, or when this was written, I guess it was three years later, uh, you have someone who has uh, now changed their life around. Uh, the husband is converted, and now they're participating as a family in uh, in in Shabbos. And that must be a tremendously a heartening story for you to hear. And I'm sure you have others like that that you could share with us. Yeah, I mean, it's um, very heartening. There was an, there's another story, you know, uh, there's so many of these stories. Uh, but one story that I that I heard as well from a woman uh, in the middle of um, Fernley, Nevada, the middle of the desert in Nevada, and she, uh, Fernley's a tiny little town. She didn't know there were even other Jews in the town. And um, 
One day her granddaughter, her name was Kelly Ray, one day her granddaughter even said to her, are there any other Jews in the world? <laughs> and um, when, when, when the Shabbos Project came around, she put a message on Facebook, are there any other Jewish families in Fernley? And seven other families wrote back to say, we're here. And, we, and they made a Shabbos together. And, and then she said, now nah, she can tell her granddaughter that there are other Jews in the world. So it's, it's, it's those kind of stories that also show how the project spreads where people see it on the internet, they see it on Facebook, they make it their own, and they drive it, and they and, and then reawaken this connection in so many people, and, and that, that's really the power of it, where people become leaders themselves. People who aren't official leaders become leaders, and I think that's such an important idea for all of us, that we all have a responsibility for the Jewish people, and we can all step forward to become leaders and to make a real difference, and the Shabbos Project provides that opportunity for all of us to become great leaders of the Jewish people. Well said. Thank you, Rabbi. The Shabbos Project, it takes place this coming Shabbos, challah bakes this week, particularly on Thursday nights. You can go to the shabbosproject.org. There are tremendous resources there on how to keep a Shabbos, um, broken down very simply, very easily. There are guides, uh, and there are locations around the world where you can participate. Rabbi Warren Goldstein, Chief Rabbi of South Africa, founder of the Shabbos Project, thank you again for joining us here on JM Sunday. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. It is 8.41 in the morning Eastern Time here on JM Sunday. My thanks to Rabbi Goldstein. We'll get back to the music momentarily. And uh, it is always uh, interesting to hear what goes on, uh, especially in something that um, that helps bring people closer to our traditions. We continue now with uh, Achenu right here on JM Sunday. I'm
Nigun Leviathan, Lenny Solomon, Shiri Yatera here on JM Sunday, winding down our program. My thanks to Rabbi Warren Goldstein, Chief Rabbi of South Africa, who joined us this morning for uh, an update on the Shabbos Project, which takes place this week around the world, this coming Shabbos. You can check uh, websites uh, for that all over the place. <clears throat> Tomorrow morning, Nachum will be on, 6 a.m. bright and early, and... Uh, I think I read that at 8 o'clock or 8.15, he has Mendy from Mendy's Deli uh, expected on the air with him. That should be uh, very, very interesting, very exciting. So uh, that is tomorrow morning. Great programming continues, of course, all day long here on the network, NachumSiegel.com. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. You've been listening to Matis Weingast and JM Sunday on NahumSiegel.com right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.